Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,295. Think you can or think you can't, either way you'll be right. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, calling in from Fair Oaks, California, Mike Tatro. Hey, Mike, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. All right. Mike Tatro is a car collector whose automotive enthusiasm has filled his garage with over 100 cars. He's a retired business owner who enjoys his days with a number of automotive activities. He's the chairman of the local chapter of the Golden Gate Lotus Club, a member of the Shelby Club of America, the MG Club, the Austin Healey Club, the Porsche Club of America, the Datsun Club, and the BMW Club. He loves to work on cars and his collection, which he calls Carmichael Vintage Vehicles, is an eclectic group of vehicles that he houses in a 9,000-square-foot garage warehouse near his home. That collection includes 105 cars, 7 motorcycles, 2 wooden boats, and a motorhome. So, Mike, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Before we jump into the questions, could you share a moment and share a little bit more about your life, your career, and a very obvious passion you have? Or maybe it's a disease for collecting cars. Yeah, well, I'm a hoarder, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of got out of hand. It started with, uh, when I was a kid, I always had two to three um, cars, mostly sports cars. And then when I had a business, I was a wholesale distributor of high-end consumer products. I had a warehouse and that was like, oh my God, now I got to put things in the warehouse. So I got up to five to seven cars. By the way, I have 18,000 square feet, not 9,000. Oh my gosh. Um, Okay, let's double that number then. It gets worse. (laughs) Yeah, it's worse. (laughs) I looked at a car today. That's how bad it is. Uh, But no, I'm having the time of my life. I'm doing what I want to do. And I have a very good partner who loves cars as well. She actually owns a Lotus of her own. And we're very passionate, and we participate in a lot of car events. Well, you know what I think is great here? And most of my guests here on Cars Yeah own businesses that are related to car world. But I always tell people who don't own businesses in the car industry that it's okay. You can still be a car person, a car guy, car gal. Um, One of the best ways is to join a club. And you're a member of so many clubs, and that's how you get to know about cars. You get to meet people. And in the end of the day, that's what all this car collecting is about. It's about how it brings us together to have fun, to share ideas, and maybe to add a few more cars to our collection. Exactly. Mike maybe should tap the brakes a little bit, but uh, that's okay. I'm <laughs> glad you're preserving all these vehicles. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking here on Cars Yeah. So, Mike, take the wheel. So when I was in my early career, I was in sales, outside sales, and um, it was a, I was kind of a shy guy. And in my sales training, I remember a specific quote that was used in my training program, and it was cut, think you can or think you can't, either way, you'll be right. Ah. So meaning that if you don't have confidence and you think you can't do it, you're right. You're not going to do it. But I adopted the think you can, and it's worked for me. I mean, I'll tackle any kind of a job. I may not always succeed, but at least I try. Well, you know, that's the key. At least you try. And that is such a great saying. That's the kind of saying I think every parent should teach their kid. Uh, Because how many kids growing up 
they look at something that might be a little daunting. Oh, I can't do that. And you're right. Once you plant that seed in your skull, you're right. You probably can't because you really don't want to or you don't have the enthusiasm or the wherewithal. But it's it's a mind thing, isn't it? It's something you plant in your head. And, you know, sales is that way, too. I was the same way when I was younger. I worked in advertising. I was a designer. But I asked my boss, how do I make more money? And he said, well, go out and bring in some business. Become an account executive. <laughs> yeah. And I went, well, how do I do that? And he goes, well, this was before cell phones. I'm dating myself a little bit here. But you just go into high rises, you go into office buildings, knock on doors and try to convince people that they should use our services. And I'm like, oh, and it was scary at first. You know, just the idea of rejection and people like, what are you doing here? Get out of my office. I don't want to talk to you. Uh, well, I think that's the biggest thing right there is I think most people are afraid to fail, but failing is how you learn. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you do anything too crazy, like jump out of a plane without a parachute. But uh, <laughs> but I think it's a great saying and it's a nice way to go through life because it will open up so many opportunities for you. Well, let's go back in time because you're obviously a car guy. Uh, I'd love to hear a story that instigated this passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were indeed a car guy or let's say a car hoarder? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I grew up in a, a family uh, where my father was a very much a car guy. He couldn't work on a car. I mean, he tried, but he was always unsuccessful. But he always had cool cars. I mean, like a 1955 uh, Oldsmobile Rocket 88. Ooh. In the 60s, we had a Valiant. He had one of the first BMW 5, I think it was a 528i back in the 70s. Nice. But his his passion really developed when in 19, I think, I want to say 64, he bought a 1961 Mercedes 190SL Roadster. Oh. Yeah, he owned that car for over fifty years until the day he died. Oh and, my, well, see, there's where you get the "don't sell" man attitude, right? Yeah, there. right. He, he would never have sold that car. He yeah. loved that car. He restored it twice, even up till you know, pretty much to the end of his life, he was still driving that car. In fact, uh, everybody in the neighborhood and, and and in the community knew who he was uh, based upon his car. And so when he when it was time to buy me a car, 1971. I wanted a Honda 600. When they remember the little two-cylinder motor Honda 600 and oh yeah, yeah. And he said, "Oh no, 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 no! You'll kill yourself back. I'm going to get you a, a a good car that's safe." And he helped me buy a 1968 BMW 2002. Oh, nice! And and that was a phenomenal car for five months, and then I rolled, uh, thinking I was a racer. And that's what <laughs> really got me into having to work on cars. I had to rebuild the cars. So I went to work for a gentleman that had a restoration shop and I worked for free for 14 months until we rebuilt my car. And then I needed to get a job that paid money because I was now you know, almost 20 years old. And uh, ever since then, I've done all my own maintenance and I've never rebuilt a motor or transmission. That's about it. But pretty much everything else I've been able to do. I love it. That's great. Wild story. Yeah, you really got to be booking to roll a 2002. I mean, it's like <laughs> yeah. trying to roll a brick over, right? I mean, it's a pretty yeah. stable car, but I, 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 I can see how you could do that. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure you faced along the way. I love this mantra of yours of, you know, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. That no doubt has gotten you a lot of positiveness in your life, I should say, and success in your life. But there, I'm sure there was a time or two that pushed you to the limit. So kind of walk us through one of those and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your career and your life and your business. All right. Well, going through life, you, you always have those hiccups and 
you know, those uh, twisted turns that you have to negotiate. And probably the biggest challenge I ever had was in 2011, uh, had a very successful business with my uh, brothers. We were all partners. And my uh, younger brother, who was 60 months younger than me, who was the president of the company, developed brain cancer. And oh, no. it was terminal. Yeah. Um, you know, they told him when he was diagnosed, uh, you've got about 16 months. And he died 16 months later. Oh my and gosh. at the same time, I got very ill and I had to uh, leave my company for almost a year. And during that period of time, my youngest brother, who was the only one running the business at the time, I think he kind of panicked and I, I don't think he knew what to do. And when I came back, uh, we, we just didn't get along. And um, mm -hmm. he ended up firing me from my own business. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, which I didn't know you could do. But by the way, you can. Yeah. And, okay. um, yeah. And at the same time, my marriage went south and my wife left and took every bit of money that I had. And so oh literally, I woke up one day, no job, no car, no computer, no phone, no wife and no money. Oh. And so <laughs> I didn't panic, though. I just kind of felt like, well, you know, I really got to figure this out. And yeah. I was fortunate enough to have protected my 401k. And uh, mm. it, it gave yeah. me a little buffer to get me through until I started developing the, the car uh, collection. Oh, my gosh. And, and while know, I'm not a oh. dealer, I do sell cars from time to time just to be able to buy a better car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my condolences for losing your brother. I mean, the thing that we don't realize about everyone around us is everybody is going through something. And sometimes people are going through really serious things and they don't want to talk about it. They don't share it. They don't feel like they want to burden people. I mean, to have all those things happen to you all at the same time. I can't even imagine all that. So let me ask you this. What kind of helped you get past it? Because a lot of people would look at all that and say, I'm done. I'm defeated. This is over with. And who knows where they might go from there. But there must have been something in you that helped you push through all these terrible things that had happened for you. And hopefully nobody listening out there is going through this. But, you know, we all go through stuff. So maybe something you share here could help somebody who's dealing with some serious issues. Well. Let me say, I was very, very down, probably the most down I'd ever been in my life. But I just thought to myself, you know, I'm not going to let this ruin my life. I've got to figure this thing out. And once I started staying really busy, I mean, it, it resulted in a four-year lawsuit. So I was very involved in that. I was very involved with my legal team. Uh, I was going through a divorce, which was a really bad experience. But I had a lot of positive people around me that, I could talk to and that, you know, we're supporting me as friends, encouraging me to just stay positive, you know, you're going to get through this, I hang in there. And the cars and motorcycles were really a good distraction. They kept me really busy. I'd work 12, 14 hours at the shop, just doing what I love. And then when I wasn't working, I was driving them. And then the best thing that ever happened was on a chance meeting, I met Susie, my girl, and um, she's my rock tremendous support. You know, you hit on a couple things here that might that I think are key in this. One is stay busy. Don't sit around and be idle. I mean, what's that saying? The uh, idle hands idle of the devil's workshop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. idle minds, idle hand. Yeah, because it just gives you more opportunity to dwell on what's going on. The other more important thing is to surround yourself with positive people and talk to them. Because you'd be surprised when you go through difficult times who your real friends are and who your superficial friends are. And those superficial friends kind of scatter. 
and they're not there, but your real friends are there and they, they like you leaning on them. They want to help you. And so many, especially, I think maybe this is a, a men thing. We don't want to burden other people. We want to act like we're strong. We know what we're up to, but lean on those folks because there may be a time that they ask to lean on you and you can repay the favor. Kudos to you for working through a very, very, oh, I can't even imagine all those things coming at you. Well, let's talk about your first car because your first special car, I'm going to put it that way because you've had a lot of cars, but the first time you got a car that was really special for you, maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle. Well, I've had a lot of special cars, honestly, as a kid, Austin Healy's, the Datsun 240Z's, Porsche 356. But one day, it was a rainy Sunday in Sacramento, and I actually took the newspaper back then, and there was a classified ad for a 1968 Jaguar XKE 4.2 OTS Roadster. And it was at a price that I thought, this is ridiculous. It's so low. So I thought, you know, it's probably a pile of junk, but I'm going to chase it down and see it. It was a gentleman who was in high tech that was being transferred to Malaysia, and he had a week to sell his car. And I ended up getting it for an incredible price, and I owned it for 15 years. I even got personalized Jack, uh, and that's a long time for me, by the way. (laughs) I got personalized plates, and I named the car Jagatha. Jagatha. (laughs) Jagatha. And about two years ago, I had a young man from, I I put it in an ad just to see what would happen. And a young man from Texas who was in his 20s, and he came and purchased it. It turns out he was a dealer. And he ended up selling it to a gentleman in Sweden. And about a year after I sold it, this gentleman in Sweden contacted me through Facebook. And he said, are you the former owner of Jagatha? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and then we've become friends. And he's uh, he loves the car. He's got an Austin Healey as well, which I have several Austin Healeys. And uh, the, the network that, you know, the internet and Facebook and Instagram and relationships and networking have, have created... Uh, I've got car friends all over the world. I know. It's spectacular. Well, you can imagine me. I mean, you're my 1,295th guest. I've got a lot of friends I've made in the last five years, not to mention thousands of Facebook followers and 5,000 LinkedIn followers and TV viewers now with my new TV show, millions of viewers there. So yeah, I've got friends I don't even know I have, but it's pretty cool because you can reach out, you can ask questions, you can find people that know things about cars. I get questions asked of me all the time. Just this morning, good buddy of mine, Brian, wanted to know who makes custom windshield gaskets for old cars. And I just I threw saw it out that of, on your Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all these people here, try this, try this, try this, and boom, done, solved. That's so great. Uh, yeah. it's a wonderful network. Very cool. Well, maybe this next question has no meaning for you, but you have sold a few cars. So is there one car you wish you hadn't sold that you'd kept? Well, probably the one car that I wish I had kept. And I got a little panicky because it, because it had some pan rust was a 65 Porsche 356 C. And it was uh, a beautiful little uh, red with black interior car. I owned it for eight or nine years. And then one day I crawled under it and I saw the, the, the rot in the pan and I kind of panicked and I ended up selling it for $5,000. Oh, and now I can't buy that car back for probably. 80 or 90,000. Yeah. Um, and it was a car I really loved. I mean, I drove it a lot. Yeah, I wish I could have it back, but you know what? I've got so many great cars that I don't really think about the ones that got away. I think about what's the next one. <laughs> well, that's the way to live. Well, 
65, that's the last year for the 356. Um, yep. Great little cars. Uh, I just spent some time at past Cars Yeah, I guess, John Wilhoit's shop. We were shooting an episode of Cars Yeah TV there, which will be, uh, well, I think by the time this show airs, it will have already been up. But oh, I love those cars, but they've just become unobtainium expensive for nice yep. versions of those cars, which is just always the way it is with me. The cars I love are always the ones that become expensive. What is that? Oh, well. Well, uh, I think you have plenty of other cars to keep you busy. Well, what are you what are you working on this year? You talk about chasing cars, collecting cars, working on cars. I mean, you're in the catbird seat of being retired and getting to do exactly what you want to do. What has you excited this year and fired up about your collection and about playing with cars? Probably the biggest thing this year, other than Monterey, Car Week in Monterey, which we go to every year, we're hosting, or my club is hosting the Western Lotus Club meet. Oh, in Folsom, nice. California. And I think right now we have almost 100 Lotuses signed up for it. And wow. we have four days of, of really fun, exciting things, including a track day, an autocross, a concours. And we have a phenomenal cars and coffee group uh, up here in the town of Folsom. On a good day, we will have 500 to 600 cars. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, That's yeah, huge. It's, a, it's huge. A two-and-a-half-hour show. We're in a big shopping mall parking lot, and they basically told us that, you know, you need to be out of here by 930, and we are. We're going to participate in that as well, but I'm restoring a 1966 Alfa Romeo 1600 Julius Spider, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, gorgeous. It's a really neat car. Well, I did own a a Lotus once in my life. Now, if you, I don't know how long you followed me on Facebook, but uh, you may know the answer to this. Do you know what kind of Lotus I had? I don't know what kind. I need to do a little more research. Well, it was a 1960 Lotus. It was British Racing Green. Super 7. No. It had a yellow nose and it had yellow wobbly wheels. Is that getting any closer to what it might be? Yellow wobbly wheels. The engine was in the back? In the Oh, you had a race car. Oh, right. There you go. That gave it away. Yes, a Lotus Formula Junior. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Did that have the twin cam? No, it wasn't that fancy. No, <laughs> okay. and uh, it had a uh, Renault Dauphine gearbox in the back, very delicate gearbox you had to be careful with. But uh, uh, yeah, it was a great car, great fun car. It was a car I learned how to be a vintage racer in. Uh, perfect momentum car, not too fast. A yeah. little bit scary. You didn't want to hit anything with that thing. There wasn't a lot of protection. Well, Colin Chapman, you know, he liked to make his stuff light. Light. Uh, was, <laughs> wasn't thinking about safety, but it was a great, great car. Awesome. Well, Mike, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah! sponsors. Hey, fellow automotive enthusiasts, you know I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products since 1975. That's right, all the way back to my high school days. Want to keep your vehicle's exterior and interior looking new? It's easy with a Covercraft car cover. A car cover is the best way to keep your vehicle looking great for years to come. Car covers protect your paint from fallout, birds, dust, rain, insects, and pollen. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. I use my Covercraft car covers every single day. Right now, you can get 10% off all Covercraft custom car covers or their ready-fit car covers. Plus, they offer you over 15 quality fabrics to choose from. Their spring sale is from April 15th through June 16th, 2019. Order direct at Covercraft.com and tell the mark at Cars Yeah sent you. Covercraft 
is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from the Cars Yeah podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? That's right. Cars Yeah is now on MAV TV. I visit some of the past Cars Yeah guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MavTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy Cars Yeah TV. Mav TV is also available on DirecTV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MavTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Mike, we are back, and uh, I have a very introspective question for you. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle parked in the garage, actually manifested into a car, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a person, what would Mike be and why? Well, I'm a sports car, and uh, I'm not that small, (laughs) but I'm nimble and quick, and I can handle the tough roads. That's how I look at myself, and uh, my persona is that of a sports car. Okay. Now, can we narrow it down to a mark? <sighs> well, I'll tell you what. I have a 1966 Lotus Elan. Ah. And uh, other than having size 12 uh, feet, uh, oh, it's a gosh. great car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. a lot of fun to drive. I just have to drive it barefoot. But I would be a Lotus Elan. Nice. Nice. Oh, uh, well, Elans are cool. Um, Very I cool. had a, I have a friend who lives in California. I used to work with him for years that has had one. In fact, it's the car that he rode home from the hospital in. It was his father's car, and uh, it's his now. Uh, Another beautiful old car that, uh, when you talk about delicate and place-tight fits, I had the luxury of driving an Elite once. But man, it was like driving a little piece of jewelry. I mean, little tiny skinny steering wheel, and the pedals are all close together. And yeah, a little bit of a challenge, but uh, Alons are great. I love it. Very nice. Well, we are entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the Alon throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Okay. So, you know, being a car collector, you get a lot of advice from other car collectors and from people that come to the collection and ask you questions and say, you know, you should really do this or do that. But I think the greatest advice I got was at Cars and Coffee, and it was from a former racer and car collector that lives up here uh, by the name of Larry. And Larry came up to me, and I had a new car there at Cars and Coffee, which I try to bring a new one every week. And he said, Mike, I want to give you some advice. You're going to run out of money before you run out of good deals. (laughs) And I think he's right. (laughs) Well, you know, as you get older, you can always sell off a car here and there. You know, you've got a lot to go through. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, and, yeah. and uh, you know, I said, well, coming from you, Larry, that that's meaningful because um, obviously you're running out of money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, there's always a car guy that has advice. That's for sure. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Well, I um, get up very early. I, I'm up between 3.30 and 4 every morning. Oh, my God. And after that I make is my very coffee, early. <laughs> I, I search the Internet and I look for the 
that good deal. Yeah. <laughs> and, wow. and I find them I, many, many times because I was the first person to make contact with these people. I get the car and uh, I'm very yeah. aggressive when uh, I find something I really want. I'm very aggressive. I try to buy it right away and mm-hmm. not delay. There's been many times where I've had to, you know, think about it. And when I go yeah. back, it's gone. So it's gone. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things that has helped me to develop this uh, collection that I've got. Yeah, a saying comes to mind: "He who hesitates is lost." So, uh, exactly. yeah. So, if you want to get a car before Mike does, you got to get up before three thirty in the morning. You know, <laughs> yeah. I've had a lot of guests on the show who are very successful, and they talk about getting up early as a key because you get an extra hour or two. But I think you and Art Morrison, who builds some incredible chassis, yeah. hot rod yeah. custom chassis, he's a friend, lives up here in the Northwest. Yeah, he gets up about that time too, and I'm just thinking. Oh my gosh. Now I got to ask the next question. Like I asked Art, what time do you go to bed? I usually fall asleep about 7 30 or 8. Oh, okay. And, uh, well, at I least you're normal. About 11 and then I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you know, some of these people, uh, I've heard there's some people that can get a buy with three, four hours of sleep. I wish I could, uh, but I can't. But I do get up early, but not that early unless I have to, like catch a plane or something. But I tell you, it's right. funny when you do get up that early once in a while. You realize once you're out of bed and moving around, it's like, eh, not so bad. And of course, until five o'clock the next afternoon, and then it starts, <laughs> exactly. starts to yeah. hit you a little bit. How about a resource? There's so many great resources these days. Is there one you'd like to share? Well, uh, you know, what's been a really great resource for me, I mean, obviously the internet's a great resource. Resource. I mean, you can find just about anything if you dig deep enough. But what I've really enjoyed is YouTube videos uh, have helped me get through, you know, maintenance and service issues on cars that. Honestly, I don't think if I had a Haynes manual, I don't think it would have helped me as much as watching a YouTube video. Oh, I know. And Wonderful. I consider YouTube to be a tremendous resource when it comes to doing repairs and restoration on the cars. I'll tell you a quick story, Mike. Uh, my son, when he was in high school, he, we got him a car and he was driving and uh, one of his turn signals went out. So I said, oh, this is a good father-son bonding. We'll go out to the garage, fix the turn signal, right? So right. we're out there and we open the hood. It's a it's a 2001 BMW 3 Series. And I'm looking there going, okay, how do you get the lens cover off? I don't see any way to unscrew. What is this? And he's standing behind me and he reaches around me and shows me his phone with the YouTube video, how to remove the left front lens on a 328 <laughs> CI BMW. He goes, here, yeah. Dad, this is how you do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I learned my lesson there. Yeah, it's a wonderful resource. Now, if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Well, there's a lot of them. I mean, obviously, Carol Shelby would be one. But really, one of my heroes is a race driver by the name of John Morton. And um, he was famous for racing the Brock Racing Enterprise Datsuns. And he raced Formula 5000. He raced Indy. And he was trying to become a Formula 1 driver. And I, I was fortunate to meet him last year in Monterey in the paddock. Uh, he and Pete Brock were... Um, signing autographs and i happened to catch him when there was no one there and I, I talked to him about a particular race that they had at laguna seca where um he was racing against horse quack in the alfa romeo i said yeah it's amazing you beat him that day and he goes well i didn't beat him like what do you mean he goes no he beat me but he was disqualified because he had an oversized gas tank <laughs> and all ah. this time i thought he beat him and now i'm reading his uh the the it, it's kind of a biography of him called the stainless steel carrot i'd highly mm. recommend it it's a great yeah. book about his 1972 championship season and um you know what he what he did and what he had to do to get to where he was he was a phenomenal racer 
I think he still races vintage racing. Yep. Yeah, he does. I met him at the same event that you met him at. Uh, Pete Brock's a friend of mine. He's been on the show too as well a couple times, but he introduced me to John. I've been trying to get John on, on the show here. He's so busy, but he also raced with Ken Miles, another, you know, classic, uh, uh, iconic racer back in the day. But, uh, yeah, he's, uh, boy, there's a guy that's been around and can tell a million stories. That's oh, yeah. Sure. So that'd be fun to sit across the table from him and spend an evening talking about racing and history. How about a book? Is there a book you'd like to share with our listeners that you've enjoyed reading? Well, my favorite book, automotive book, is The Art of Racing in the Rain. I don't know if you've yeah. read it. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a dog lover. I have two dogs. They go just about everywhere with me. And um, the dog in the book is named Enzo, which yeah, will give you a yeah. little clue. And it's really, it's a great story. It's narrated and told so well. And it's, um, I just love the book. Highly recommend it to anybody, whether you like racing or dogs or anything. It's just a great story. Yeah, it pulls on a lot of heartstrings. That is the <laughs> yeah. most recommended book here on Cars. Yeah, Garstein, who's the author of that book, has been a guest on the show. He lives up here in the Pacific Northwest. He actually drives a dark kind of a uh, purple uh, Alfa Romeo uh, GTV, uh, which oh, is nice. a cool car. Yeah. And uh, they also have an audiobook, which very well narrated. That's the way I first listened to the book before I read it. And Patrick Dempsey is working, I think they're maybe going to bring Yeah, there's a film coming out. Yeah, Yeah, which Mm -hmm. is going to be pretty cool, too. So, yeah, Garstein, The Art of Racing in the Rain. And for you, Mike, and those listeners out there that missed my talk, just go to CarsYeah.com. You can type in Garstein, and you can find my talk with Garth. It was very cool. He talks at length about where the ideas for the book came up with and how the whole thing came together. And, of course, you can find everything that Mike has shared today on his very own Cars Yeah show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. Just type Mike Tatro, T-A-T-R-O, into the search bar. All right, Mike, we're up to the checkered flag. And this question, for a guy like you, can be a big, big doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world, but there are some rules to this game that you're not going to like. One of them is you can't sell the car to buy a bunch of other cars with, so that little trick's off the table. The other is you have to drive it. I don't want any garage queens here, no disc collectors, but here's the part that's going to make it hard for you. It's the only collector car you can own. So what's it going to be? Well, that's an easy one for me. It's a Lamborghini Miura. (laughs) That's a car I've always lusted for. I don't think there's ever been a time in my life where I could afford it. But I love that car, and uh, Susie and I went back to Amelia Island two years ago, and they had, I think they had eight mirrors there, mm, um, yeah. one of the featured marks, and I would never get tired of that car. That is just the absolute most beautiful car. It's ageless. It looks like it could have been designed last week. Yeah. Oh, they're gorgeous. They had a whole bunch. They probably had a dozen or more at uh, Concorso Italiano a few years ago. Um, which uh, Tom McDowell, who's been a guest here on the show, and several people associated with that wonderful event that takes place during Car Week, Pebble Beach, of course, the day before Saturday is Concorso Italiano. Right. Lamborghini Mira, yeah, I, it's been on my bucket list forever. They've just become so uh, valuable. I did get to drive one once. It was a lime green that this guy named Paul, local guy up here, had restored. Just a dream come true car. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you are a lucky man. You oh, are yeah, a lucky very, man. very lucky. Now, they came in some really spectacular colors. What color would you like yours to be? Uh, you know that um, it's it's almost like a, a Swedish racing orange. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, I got it. I know it. Yep. Well, I'm fond of orange cars. I've got a, an orange car. I call my orange crush an 87 yeah, Porsche Turbo. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I'll get to work here. So you get to work selling all your cars. So by the time you sell your last car, I can deliver that mirror into your garage. You're going to have to uh, maybe fill your garage with motorcycles or something. No, I'll just get rid of the warehouses and keep the mirror oh, okay. at home. Yeah. It'll keep be my it daily. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, definitely. That's a car you could drive every day and really enjoy. Well, Mike, you have taken us on a great ride today. I want to thank you for calling in and sharing your stories with me and the Cars Yeah audience. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that Lamborghini Miura? <laughs> Don't become a car hoarder. It's expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, if you ever start collecting too many cars, call Mike and he'll talk you off the ledge. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I always tell people that come in and say, oh, man, I wish I was you. I said, be careful what you wish for. What you wish for. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And is there a good way to follow along with you and all your fun? Are you active on yeah, Facebook? Yeah, I have a Facebook page called Carmichael Vintage Vehicles. All right. Well, I'll make sure I put a link to that on his show notes page. Carmichael Vintage Vehicles. Do you want to follow along with Mike's antics and collection habit? Uh, careful, though. This disease is contagious. You might just end up with a big collection, too. Uh, even if it's a collection of Hot Wheels and Matchbox like mine, that's okay. You know, doesn't matter. Just as long as you hang around with car people and have fun. Well, again, you can find all these great things Mike has shared on his Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Mike Tatro, and that page will pop up. Mike, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.